Yo, is this seat taken? Uh, yeah, it is. This week, the seat is taken by Damian Nichols. He is a PR specialist, plant boy, plant daddy, <laughs> nice human, um, and he has experience in the hospitality industry. Yeah. Did I nail it, kind of? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks for joining me this evening. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, I wanted to bring you in because you have not a plant shop and there's a pretty big following and it's just awesome and I love it and Thanks. your friends was my friends and I was like let's let's talk about stuff <laughs> so yeah how did you start not a plant shop the why the what the where who what why when yeah um, <laughs> I started not a plant shop through I think a couple of things um, but mostly through an interest in plants and uh, not really having any good options for planters or objects um, to put them in. Mm -hmm. um, I was working at a microgreen farm. I was working at Closed Loop Farms, uh, which is a small hybrid microgreen farm on the south side, um, working in the hospitality space. And so I was learning a lot about growing and growing conditions and different kinds of plants and stuff like that. So naturally, um, house plants sort of piqued my interest mm -hmm. um so sort of taking work home a little bit yeah um, <laughs> doing your own r&d yeah. if you will <laughs> uh but yeah i started getting into plants and i also loved i think one thing in particular i loved about house plants is all the taxonomy and the different foliage and the names and the the genuses and subgenuses and yeah. And things like that. You know, you can go really, really, really deep. Get nerdy with it. Right. You can get yeah. super nerdy with it. Um, <laughs> so I, I remember feeling like, wow, there's this whole underbelly that I had no idea yeah. about. Um, and it was super interesting. Um, so, yeah, I started putting different plants in objects I would fi find. I love I love thrifting. And I started thrifting with clothes, but then yeah. objects and just little knickknacks and things. Um, so I started putting plants in them, and people would come over, and they'd be like, oh, I, I, I really like that, or, you know, that looks really cool, or I might post it on my story, and somebody would comment. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually just had the guts to post one up, and and people responded well to it. So, nice. you know, just kept it going. Um, and then just kind of kept cranking away at that, and then a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine, Ryan, who's a really talented photographer and writer and stylist and whatever you want him to do, he can do it. Jack He's of really all amazing. trades. Yeah. Um, he approached me about, he wanted to uh, pitch the reader a story for the plants issue, which they do in April. Oh, nice. Um, and so he wrote a story on not a plant shop and, and the microgreen farm, and that sort of kicked everything off. So, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, how long ago did you start? Uh, to the date, I don't know exactly, to be honest, but I would say a, probably about a year, year and a half, maybe, oh, something like that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's grown don't very check. quickly. <laughs> don't fact check me. <laughs> You're like, how long have I actually yeah. been doing this shit for? <laughs> Seems like it's been like four months. Oh, me. really? Yeah, it feels wow. really quick. Wow. That's awesome. You have like a pretty big following. Was it like 14K? No, no, no. I have like 3,000 followers, something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's getting there. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> it's slow still pretty but, big. Slow but 3,000 is still pretty big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like once I get to like two, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, sweet. Would you say you got into it more because you wanted to um, kind of do obscure planters with plants or were you just more on the nerdy side with? Plants uh, themselves. Mm, well, I think to be honest, for me, it's a it's a little bit of the nerdiness. I think it's a little bit of being able. I love like depth over breath in terms of like digging depth into something. Like I breath. love like you know just being able to really 
go into something and I also really love a good product mm-hmm. um, and so like we were talking about before I felt like a lot of the plant shops you would go into some I mean that's changing somewhat now but I felt like a lot of the plant shops there were very few options mm-hmm. um, so like let's say if you just spent and plants can be pretty expensive like let's say you just spent 150 bucks on this plant mm-hmm. you probably want to treat it like it's something precious right yeah. like you want it to be unique you want it to stand out you want it to have a little bit you want it to say i just spent 150 dollars yeah <laughs> you know you don't want to kill it right so um it was mo- it was a little bit of wanting to dig into the plants i had a, a really good friend who was super into plants and, and i learned a ton from her um and also part of it was um, engaging with people in a way that actually took a digital transaction and made it physical because I always felt like, I always feel like particularly with social media, you're like constantly investing. It's like, it's like putting, t- it, they're like penny stocks almost. Sure. Like when you, you follow all these people and you throw a little like here, you throw a like there, you throw a like there, and you're sort of like pumping support two people but then a lot of the time you don't really get any return on that or there's no real sort of like you're pumping this out and there's no sort of like actual transaction right so yeah um i kind of was interested in this idea of like okay like what if you can create a digital storefront that is a digital storefront but is actually a physical experience so yeah in that way people they comment they claim we arrange details, and then they come to my house, and then they pick it up, or we meet somewhere, or we meet at a bar, or we, you know. So it's, it, to me, it was about, like, fostering connection. Sure. From this transaction that most of the time you just feel, you just feel like you're throwing likes into the air. Yeah. You know, you just feel like you're, so it was a combination of a lot of different things. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Instagram is wild, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, listening to one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, It's called Small Doses. Mm -hmm. It's by Amanda Seals. Okay. Love it. I highly recommend it. But she was saying, like, what would happen if Instagram fell off like MySpace fell off? You know what I mean? And she was like, you know, it, it was an episode on, like, um, a reflection of the decade, mm-hmm. and it happened at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're in a new decade. And she's like, you know, within the decade, I saw MySpace go away. I've basically seen Facebook kind of fall off, and now we have this new thing called Instagram, which is, like, wild and life-changing. And I mean, I'm paraphrasing. She, right, this right, isn't right, her right, words. Right, right. but um, And she's like, what would happen if, <laughs> you know, Instagram fell off? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what would be the next thing? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, yeah, what would be the next thing? Right. Like one of one of my other friends, um, Ash, uh, Ashton Berry, she's anthocollectress. She's a hospitality activist. She's an amazing human being. And she posted a meme a few months ago, but it <clears throat> said something around the lines of... Um, what would your activism be without Instagram? And I was like, damn, that's right. some, like, real shit right there. And yeah. it's, like, that's something we don't think about. Like, we go through, like, our everyday life. Like, we were saying before, like, I'm trying not to be on my phone right when I wake up in the right. morning. And it's, like, it, it's part of our everyday routine is, like, even unconsciously just, like, opening Instagram, like, right when you get right, off your right, phone. Right, right. <laughs> so um, I'm saying all of this to ask, like, are you – maybe thinking about moving away from Instagram and doing other things with not a plant shop, like a website or mm. anything like that? Or you're like, no, Instagram is like my one and only. Um, well, that's a good question. I see it, like I see Instagram as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Like Instagram is a tool in the same way that like uh, that the late night show Jesus and Mero, I was telling you about. Yeah. They interviewed Megan Rapino, Rapino, Rapino. Sure, we'll just go with Rapino. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not familiar, so. <laughs> she's a she's on the women's U.S. soccer team, I believe. I'm okay. not really 100% sure, but she was talking about how her growth and her um, her skill level, and she was like, you know, in high school, 
everyone's sort of at the same skill level. Um, and even if you're really, really good, if you're really good in high school, you can just get away with being really good and athletically talented. Uh-huh. But then once you reach a certain level, you just have to be incredibly intelligent. Uh-huh. You can't just be faster than everyone else. You can't just be stronger than everyone else. You have to yeah. actually have a mastery of the game. Uh-huh. And I feel the same with social media. Like if you look at, for example, Bon Appetit, uh-huh. like Bon Appetit, I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people in, in culinary spaces, especially in fine dining, they kind of look down on Bon Appetit as like sort of like house food uh, and home cooks and yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. But Bon Appetit had this huge print, uh, this huge print magazine. They still do have the print magazine, but they've effectively switched over to YouTube, right? With like Brad, fermenting with Brad and taking mm-hmm. this similar and the same concepts and the same sort of like message and changing it over to a different medium. So saying that to say, I think Instagram is interesting, but I don't think it is necessary. It's just a tool. Yeah. You know, it's just a way to It's not like the end-all, be-all. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, so I do think in the future I probably might try to do it. For a while I was like, oh, this needs to be like, I'm going to go crazy analog. And like, we're just going to go like email only. And it's going to be like the sort of, um, the sort of like, you know, counterculture thing and like limited it like right. limit it even more right 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 but i think um at the same time it's just a tool instagram's yeah. a tool to reach people um so i'm i mean i guess to i mean i'm not answering your question um <laughs> i do plan to do some things i have i have some things in the works um I'm won't interested. Be said yet. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like kind of interested in what it looks like um, to have a greenhouse inside, because I think yeah. a lot of people, um, most people, when you ask them about an indoor greenhouse, they're like, "Yeah, it can't be done. You need the sun. Uh, you can't grow, you know, philodendrons. You can't grow anthuriums with." grow lights, Mm -hmm. things like that. But then through my experience at Closed Loop Farms, um, just watching that business grow from a very small, when I first got hired at that business, there were probably five racks with shelves and we probably had maybe 15 or 20 um, accounts. And from the time I left, I was there for about two years. And when I left, we we built out the business. Well, mostly Adam, my old boss is amazing. Shout out to Adam. Um, built it up to over, you know, 115 or 120 different accounts oh, all wow. over the city in the suburbs, the west suburbs, north suburbs. Wow. And growing 25 different varieties of microgreens inside, indoors, year-round. So yeah. I think um, a lot of the time it's about, you know, the, the creating space for yourself, right? Like yeah. a lot of people will be like, oh, I have a product and it doesn't exist in a space that, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in a space that already exists. And it's like, well, because the space doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in moving that project forward, I think it will move away from Instagram in the long run, um, but sort of slowly seeing what that looks like um, and how to make that fun and keep it fun and make it effective and be able to reach people um, in a way that works. So that's, totally. that's kind of the long, the long, long game. Yeah. yeah, awesome, sweet. Do you want to do the first segment? Sure. Death meal. Death meal. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my death meal, <laughs> I think. Wow. My death meal, I think, would have to be a chicken roti. Either a chicken roti uh, with tamarind sauce. I keep hearing about this. This. Roadie. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, it's like one thing that you, like, we obviously live in Chicago now. There's yeah. no Trinidadian people out here. My Both my parents are from Trinidad. Uh-huh. Um, and it's something I used to eat all the time. Yeah. And now I don't get, like, I haven't had a roti in, like, yeah. two or three years. Kira Jones, mm. who was my first episode, she's Trini, and her... Her death meal was that, but she's yeah. also Facts. like super uh, gluten intolerant, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Well, if I'm gonna die, I'm just so gonna eat it. all the gluten." <laughs> <laughs> but she was telling me about roti 
as well. And I was like, where can I get this? And she's like, not can't. in Chicago. Yeah, you can't. She's like, it, it really sucks. Yeah, I was no, like, so I think that would definitely be my death meal. Awesome. Because it's just like, I want to go out how it came in. Yeah. <laughs> the same Aww. shit. I know? like that. Anything yeah. else? Or just the roadie? Uh... I also might have to say I think my death meal my other my death meal part two would have to be part two <laughs> just like a smoothie and and some granola like some homemade granola mm. that's like a like most days out of the week I'll either have just a smoothie for breakfast or just some granola that I made mm-hmm. so it's just like that I feel like I would that would give me just like Good vibes. The emotional sustenance that yeah. I would need. <laughs> what kind of smoothie? Uh, this morning I had I had an oat milk smoothie with blueberries, a banana, mm. and some strawberries. That sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Sometimes I might throw a little peanut butter in there, but. If you're feeling fancy. If I'm feeling crazy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, let's get back to the subjects of the episode, which is literally just plants and farming and growing. Yeah. And um, I wanted to talk about like black farming with you and ownership of land because I'm I keep having these conversations based off of this uh, conference I went to a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And what was the, the conference? It was called Resistance Serve. Okay. Um, it's by this company by the name of Radical Exchange, mm-hmm. and it's it focuses on uh, black people in the hospitality world, and they had a uh, panel discussion on black farming and ownership of land and how like it's important to have you know like ancestral wealth and the best way you can come about that is owning land. But they also talked a lot about farming, and I was like, well, let's bring Damien in because he is. A plant daddy, <laughs> which like is you know it's like on a on a level it's it is farming, right. you know it's right. not like you're you know growing crop and selling crop, but mm-hmm. you're growing plants and selling right, pra- right, right, right. plants. So I just wanted to you know talk about that with you and your thoughts and. Um, I think originally, well, I have less thoughts on black farming and more thoughts on ownership of spaces that are uh, seen traditionally as just white-dominated spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I see it less as farming and more about, uh, more as sort of like retail transactions, right? Sure. Because um, that's where, like, you come from. Right. And yeah. I think I think about it more, I mean, I did work at a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also a, an indoor farm, so I think there was less about, like, because we were renting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, renting space in a warehouse. Um, but when I think about not a plant shop in relation to people of color in the plant space, uh, it, uh, it honestly makes me really happy. It makes me yeah. super, super happy, especially because I think, you know, people of color and black people a lot of the time get relegated or they get designated to certain spaces Mm -hmm. Um, and these are the safe ways in which they're sort of allowed to interact with certain industries right like you might have uh you know you have your token uh like law partner you know they got the one black law partner and they're like all right we're cool filled up our quota um and that person isn't a lot of the time allowed to really express their truest self or, or just do things they, the way they want to because they feel like they need to um, sort of fit into this prescribed mold in, in order to achieve success. Um, but for me, I think a lot of it is just like taking space, you know, like and not even in the sense of holding space, but taking it, right? Like mm-hmm. um, if someone isn't giving you space, then you probably should just take it or make it for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think I was really inspired they're not black, but they're brown. I was super, super inspired by uh, the homies at Plant Shop Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Ozzy and Juan. Yeah. They're super cool, really, really inspirational. They're really good. Um, I have I remember, a couple plants from them. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, they're one, they're fucking experts. They're really good at their jobs. But I think um, the thing that I like and appreciate most about them and why I 
champion their brand so hard is because they're unapologetic about everything they do. Yeah. Um, I remember I, I was told about their space, <clears throat> about their shop by a friend, and uh, I was still working in restaurants at the time, so I was like, all right, on my Monday, I'm going to take a trip up to Albany Park. And so when I went in... That's a trip for you, because yeah, you live in Brighton. Huge, huge <laughs> trip, trip. Um, <laughs> And so I would, it was like an hour and a half, two hours to get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would specifically go, because when I, I remember walking in... Um, and Ozzy was the first person I met. And we didn't meet formally, I don't think, the first time I went. Um, but I remember walking in, and they were playing Wu-Tang, and they were <laughs> playing Erica Badu, oh, nice. and there were, like, Star Wars figurines hidden in some of the plants that were for sale. Um, but I remember <laughs> feeling like, wow, like, okay, they're being unapologetically them. This yeah. is their plant shop. This is how they're going to run it. Yeah. And they're going to define success on their own terms. Yeah. Um, and also, like, creating that space in it. You oh, know, it, yeah. It makes and you feel, like, welcome and safe. Right, you right, know? right. And I think, like, for me, especially in the plant world, like, even if you go and you just, you know, if you go, if you Instagram Monstera Monday or any of these plant hashtags or look <clears> at <throat> many of these major accounts, a lot of them are... Either, like, most of the time it's white women mm-hmm. who hold that space with very yeah. firm thumbs, you know? <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very firm, firm. thumbs. <laughs> uh, and so, which isn't, you know, that's just the thing. But I, I think when you think of plants and gardening and house plants and farming, you think of either your younger sort of millennial white woman who's mm-hmm. got her plant account, or you think of your 50-year-old older white lady who's got the gloves because... She's got to protect her hands from working, you know, in mm-hmm. plants for so long. She's got the straw hat. She probably has, like, a little, you know, waist apron. But I think when I met Ozzy and Juan, I was like, wow. They're, when you go to Gethsemane and you get to, you go to, you know, all these plant shops, those are the kinds of people that you see, not to knock those people. But you don't, mm-hmm. you don't see people that look like you in, in yeah. those spaces. Um, and I remember <clears throat> going to their shop and being like, wow, okay. They're not following these rules, and they're just going to do things the way they want to do them. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. Uh, totally. Take the space, you know, take space. If you, if, if you really feel passionate about some, something and you want to do something, your success should not be predicated on whether someone thinks you deserve that space or not, yeah. right? So if... If you feel so strongly about it and that's your passion, take the space. If you're talented and you're smart and you know what you're doing, and even if you don't know what you're doing yet and you will work hard to get to where you want to be, the, the space will yeah. make itself, right? Totally. So that's kind of my thoughts on yeah. color in the plant space. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. I'm glad I'm glad that you mentioned them because I've um, I used to work at the heavy feather and they do mm-hmm. like events with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's also, that's what I mean, right? Like, yeah, they so do like these cool like events like all over and yeah, you know, they're and like really, cool. they're it's really cool. crushing it's it. It's really inspirational to be honest, yeah. especially because I think like, I mean, you know, you have an Instagram, most of us have an Instagram. Yeah. It's a place where you feel, it's not a place, but it's, <laughs> it's a space where you kind feel, of. yeah. <laughs> You feel like, you know, there needs, there is always a certain kind of prescription uh, about how you describe yourself and how you need to do things. There are algorithms and certain things will just work, right? Mm -hmm. So I think when you see people who are just doing their unique mix and they're like, my friend Alan runs this What Was Breakfast page, sorry, tangential, but he has this idea that I'm like endlessly fascinated with. Uh, he and a friend of ours named Donna, we were having lunch one day, and Donna was telling us that people will fuck with you. People will fuck with you for your stack. Like, the, let's say, like, I like plants. People won't fuck with you just because you like plants. They'll fuck with you because you like plants, and you also like restaurants, and you like bars, and you like food, and you like hospitality. So you have many different entry points through which people can enter the conversation, right? So, totally. and if they want to leave, they can leave. That's fine. But if you want to find your audience, you need to develop and hone your stack and figure out what it is about you that you really like and you want to celebrate and you want people to know. So, when you when I saw, like, especially coming from working in the hospitality space 
and also working in the design space, seeing like Ozzy and Juan, like you don't see Getsemane popping up at Mitokaya, you know? You don't mm-hmm. see like Adam and Sons having a plant swap at the Hoxton, mm-hmm. like merging these spaces and yeah. taking that space and being like, yeah, no, I think this is cool and yeah. that's why it's gonna work. Yeah. It's not gonna work because you're telling me it's gonna work. It's going to work because I think it's cool and I'm genuinely passionate about it. Totally. So seeing that being like, oh, shit, I remember going to, I've, like, I've only been to two plant swaps, surprise, surprise, but <laughs> uh, I, both of which were plant shop Chicago plant swaps, but I remember oh, the first awesome. one was at the Hoxton um, for their opening weekend. Oh, cool. And there were cocktails. There was a beautiful space. And I remember walking into the Hoxton and being like, okay, there's a huge, beautiful, like, tapestry, you know, and I remember mm-hmm. being like, I know that artist. Like, and, and then there's these beautiful, like, you know, prints, and it, it, I was just like, oh, wow, they're redefining this space and yeah. putting plants in a space where it typically isn't before. So yeah. I really, really liked, I, I think their brand is awesome, and I yeah. always tell people to go to their shop. That's awesome. Know? I, I want to, like, kind of piggyback off of what you were saying with, like, stacks and, like, liking multiple things and like I think that is important I know there's like a lot of people are like you can only be like one thing and it's like no like you are not just one thing you are like at least you are at the very least at least five right and I remember I used to be a circus artist Mm -hmm. and I went to uh, Montreal one year because that's like circus capital of the world that's where like Cirque du Soleil's headquarters are at Every summer they do this massive circus festival. So Mm -hmm. I went there for that. And um, I wanted to go to like a couple museums that they were having that weekend, like like wax and like all this crazy stuff was going on at the same time. And my friend that I went with, I remember she said this and it like forever stuck in my head of something that I really despise. And she's like, you like too many things. Like you have to focus on like, one or two. And I'm right. like, no. Right, right, right. Like, right, that's right. not me. That's not who I'm going to be. I'm not going to be, like, just a circus artist. Right. Like, I'm not. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and I think and also, it, like, people don't want people naturally offline, just if there were no computers, if there was no phone, no Instagram, people are dynamic and people are multifaceted and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're not hard edged. Like, you know, you might meet someone. Now and then but be like, I love purple. I love purple. That's my favorite color. And in five years, they might be like, you know, purple's cool, but I, my favorite color is now periwinkle or something. They, mm-hmm. You know, they're dynamic, yeah. shifting things. Yeah. Like, and I think those are the accounts that people latch onto the most because they're like, okay, you're not just this one thing. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know... Yeah, and also you just get fucking bored. Yeah. Like, who wants to just like, you look don't at a cow with be a one box. thing all the time? Yeah, you yeah. don't want to be, like, put in a box. You don't want to be square, yo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a fucking diamond. <laughs> right, right, right. So I think, I mean, I think I really struggled with that with my page for, I remember there was a point where uh, I was like, oh, you know, like, this is a plant page, like, I need to be, like, a planty page. And yeah. I need to, like, do all the things that all the other plant pages are doing because that will get me the most following the fastest and yada, yada, yada. And then two weeks into doing that, I was like, this shit's whack. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is just, it's not making me happy. This is not what I want. And yeah. so that's when I realized, like, okay, you just do whatever, do what you feel works best for you and if people are interested they will be interested yeah um so yeah gotcha awesome thank you for that yeah. <laughs> let's do the second segment cool guilty pleasure drink oh god <laughs> uh my guilty pleasure drink wow this is so embarrassing uh, I love cocktails and I love spirits. Like I love going to janitor's closet. I love getting really, you know, like I love like weird liqueurs and mm-hmm. things like that. But to be honest, my recent guilty pleasure drink has been fucking limeritas. 
Limeritas. I know, yeah, Limeritas. Like, the other day, uh, my girlfriend and I, we went to the store. We wanted to get some beer. They were out of beer, or at least the kind of beer that we wanted. And she I was, was like, like you know the what? whole store doesn't have she beer? She was like, you know, fuck it, let's get some Limeritas. And I was like, okay, all right. But then, like, halfway through the Limerita, I was like, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love that. So I think that's my guilty pleasure drink that I've been telling no one, but it's secretly happening in the background (laughs) for sure. It's out. Yeah, it's out. It's out in the universe now. (laughs) Side note, I want to start making like a video compilation of people's reactions when I ask them these questions because they are amazing. People are like, oh, yeah. Well, because I think if, like, if you asked me, like, what my favorite cocktail was, I'd probably have three or four answers yeah. just, like, off the top because yeah. I like cocktails, yeah. you know? <laughs> but the guilty pleasure always gets you. Yeah, definitely. it gets people. What's your guilty pleasure drink? Um, I like, I like, like, creamy stuff. Okay. Like, so, like, a chocolate martini okay. or espresso martini. Okay. And it, I would consider that, like, guilty pleasure because mm-hmm. it's, like... A chocolate martini. Yeah, it's like <laughs> people don't order it. I only order it if it's like on a menu right. or if I'm in an Italian restaurant. Right. Because right, I know that, like, especially with an espresso martini, I know that they're able to fucking right. make that shit. Right, right, right. Um, or like a white Russian, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like something like that. Yeah. All of these <laughs> drinks I would not usually drink in the summer, though. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Totally, totally. Or like, I really like ice cream. Okay. So, like, give me a good boozy milkshake, mm. and I'm, like, yeah. So all of these have, like, milky, creamy textures to them. Right. Yeah, totally. I'm all about that stuff. <laughs> I support it. <laughs> I support it. I like it. When I worked at the Heavy Feller, there was always a ice cream. Cocktail. Cocktail, like, milkshake on the menu, and I was, like... No one wanted to, because, like, the, the cocktail menu was based off of, like, bartenders making it, and, right. our, like, our bar manager, it was, like, a collaborative effort, and right. I spearheaded, like, the ice cream <laughs> cocktails. Like, like, I'll take this one. Like, I'll take, yeah, yeah. I got this one. I made, like, a pumpkin spice one, <laughs> one year. Yeah. So, like, You're stuff like, this like one's that. This for the basic bitches. Le- I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, f- it's for my inner basic. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm a white woman, of course. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, I like pumpkin spice. <laughs> uh, so how does uh, not a plant shop um, kind of correlate or intertwine with, like, hospitality? I feel like I have an Ooh. answer, but I want to ask you. Um, I think for me uh, it intertwines with hospitality because it's it's just – it's much more about the face-to-face with for me. Mm-hmm. Um and much more about sort of being able to uh, have your own sort of unique expression of whatever you think, whatever industry you're in or whatever, right? So I think, because I think I've worked with a lot of chefs over the past three, four years. Yeah. And I think the main reason why most chefs open up a restaurant is because they're like, this is my specific brand of food that I think people should fuck with, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And this is how I'm going to sort of push it out into the world. And I think uh, Not A Plant Shop is kind of like my foray into, like, my sort of, like, way to do that. Because I remember being at my house and being like, yo, I like this, and I think people would really like it. Mm -hmm. And so it was sort of like a way to let people into my world a little bit. I think a little, like, when you, because right now I work at a, PR company, um, and we do PR for for businesses in the hospitality space, so uh, hotels, bars, restaurants, that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, if you ask any restaurateur you work with, any hotelier, any chef, you know, they love their product, you know? Mm-hmm. They love their product. They genuinely love it. They think it's great. Um, obviously, sometimes that is subjective. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that is hospitality. Hospitality is going into someone's house and going or, you know, interacting with them, with their product, with their restaurant, with their brand, 
and just giving them the reins and letting them sort of make some decisions for you that you would have made yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like instead of going out to a restaurant is, I'm not going to boil pasta and make sauce tonight. I'm going to go out and sort of see what this person has to offer and I'm going to pull that into my world. Yeah. Um, so I think um, that's, that's part of it. Um, I also love interacting with people, to be honest. Like, I love talking. I'm super, I'm relatively social. I think some <laughs> people think I'm super, super social, but I'm, like, also secretly a ball of nerves and really anxious all the time. Um, You're, like, equal parts extra in yeah, introvert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> Low-key. Actually, though. Um, and so interacting with people was one of my favorite parts about working in restaurants, you know, like just being able to make experiences for people and being able to make highly specific experiences for people yeah. also. I remember, so I used to work at a restaurant called Found Kitchen. Okay. Um, and I remember way when I like first cut my teeth as a server, um, you know, when you're like, fir- you're waiting on your first like high stakes table. Yeah. So I remember like I'd, gotten to be a server like probably three weeks before that uh-huh and uh the gm pulled me aside and they were like all right i'm giving you this table it's conrad and Gigi. they come to found every year for their anniversary this is what they like this is you know yeah i'm giving you this uh-huh don't fuck this up <laughs> and i remember i remember reading you know you get your, your little chit with their um Info with the rest, yeah. the reservation info, and I remember uh, reading the the reservation, and in the note, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, "Hey guys, this is Conrad and Gigi. We're celebrating our, <laughs> you know, insert here amount of years anniversary. So excited! You know, we love sitting at table seven, so we'd love to sit at table seven. Okay. Um, this is what we want. We, but then." And so they sort of set this framework, this groundwork for you. And then when they came in, they were like, okay, well, you work here. We love coming here, but we want you to order everything for us. You know our favorite cocktails. Throw some other things in. But it was like, I thought that was so magic because, like, they had a hand in creating some of that experience too, but Uh you were able to create, like, you were able to hard boil an experience for them that they're going to, carry through the rest of their life they might not remember exactly what they ate they might not remember exactly what they drank they they are drinkers so they you know they probably didn't remember every single detail but being able to have a hand in this lasting experience that someone can have and so sometimes people you know it wasn't until i started prodding people like hey send me your like you know send me updates on your plants and how they're doing and yada yada but, you know, you sell a plant and sometimes it just, like, goes out into the ether. But then sometimes you get that notification and that person's like, hey, this is how my plant is doing. This is where Aww. it is. This is, like, it grew out of its pot. So now it's in this one. And this is what I put in the pot that I bought from you. And so you get to have, you get to sort of have this, um, these experiences that actually matter to people. You yeah. know, like, even if it is a plant and it's not, like, you know, it's not going to college. It's not deciding on a huge life-changing thing. This yeah. thing means something to somebody. You have a hand in that. Um, totally. So I think that's where the hospitality aspect kind of comes in. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you develop, like, these relationships with these people. Yeah, I mean, you know? it's it's pretty crazy to think about, actually. I mean, there are people who, like, one person who comes to mind immediately, um, there's this kid on Instagram. I'm blanking on his... Uh, handle uh his his handle is little bougie burt and <laughs> obviously a play on little uzi vert but he yeah. uh at the time when i met him he was staging at parachute he was doing a long form stage okay and he was super interested in natural wines and yeah. all that kind of stuff and so he would post he would post different natural wines that he was drinking along with like the playlist wherever he was gotcha. and it wasn't like this is what this wine sounds like because I think that's really douchey but like, yeah <laughs> but it was like hey this is like I'm just creating an atmosphere for this wine to exist in like mm-hmm. maybe he was you know in Spain and he was listening to Mad Future and he was drinking that wine and that's sort of how he is sort mm-hmm. of building this atmosphere for you um, but I remember when he came to pick up his plant uh, we were at my ex's house and he came to pick up his plant and 
he was like, hey, you know, we just got off the talking. And he was like, yeah, you know, this plan is for my dad's for his birthday. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Aww. But then he was like, yo, like, I actually have a bottle of natural wine with me right now. Like, do you want to, like, drink, drink it? it? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, my girlfriend's neighbor, Mike's girlfriend's neighbor, myself, and we just sat there for probably two hours and just, like, actually connected, you know? Yeah. Like, it was really cool to just, like, have this thing be transactional, and then it's not transactional anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, like, where you got to actually extend the experience past the product and past the, tr- like, the passing of bills or Venmos or whatever. Totally. And so you actually get to, like, have, yeah. you, you know, it's, like, it's almost like that penny stock idea, you know? You get to yeah. have these little investments in other people's lives. So, you know, so it is it is kind of like a like a hospitality yeah. kind of thing. You're and, still and giving and yeah. receiving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's it's like that's like part of it that you don't really even think about either. You right. Know? It's like, oh, this guy's just selling plants. It's right. like, no, it's actually like so much more than that. Right. You know? Right, right, right. And you know, it's a, it's also about like building community and I think that's one thing that's big in the hospitality space as well. Like like I remember when I was working in Monteverde, um, there was a guy who would come in. Santiago, he would come in all the time, and we knew him, he knew us, and, you know, you start to learn what he likes, you start to, you know, know where he works, you start to, you know, you, you're literally building community mm-hmm. that goes past the product that you're exchanging. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let's get into this last segment. Cool. Uh, high thoughts. any silly thoughts that you may have had lately oh man (laughs) high thoughts (laughs) uh well i think one sort of high thought that i I, like haven't been smoking weed recently which has (laughs) been good for me but uh i think one thing that i really like to remind myself of like in times where i'm really like you know you can get depressed you get really stagnant and you Mm -hmm. can be really uh just kind of like a shit to yourself, you know? <laughs> I think um, one thing that I always try to keep in mind is that literally, like, plants will always grow no matter what. There's not a good day. There's not a bad day. There's not a, mm, I'm going to kind of half-ass this one. I'm going to call <laughs> this one in. It's like as long as you give it water and the right amount of light and the right conditions, it will grow no argument. Maybe he has an argument and we just can't hear it, but I, I like to just like keep that in the back of my mind. You know, like a lot wow. of times when you just don't want to do shit. And, you know, it works about 60% of the time, but, you know, sometimes you're just like, oh, you're so down on yourself. And sometimes you just, you know, that reminder that, yo, that you can keep going. Like, yeah. just keep going. Like, sometimes things aren't exact. You know, if you put a plant in the worst conditions, like like if let's say a plant needs high, like lots of sunlight, lots of sunlight all day throughout the day, and it needs lots of water. If you're giving it all the water, but less sunlight, then it really really needs to thrive. It mm-hmm. will steep, kill, keep putting out leaves. The leaves will be smaller, mm-hmm. and they won't be as pretty. They might not be as shiny. The foliage might not be as different, but it will keep going, right? So mm-hmm. I try to always that's. Even, I, I'm trying to keep that as a high thought in my mind. <laughs> high or so, drunk or sober. You like, know. plants still grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, you just got to keep keep pushing and keep growing. You yeah. Know? So that's my that's my high thought. That's your high thought. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into some DMs. Are you ready for this? Yeah. What is your favorite plant? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. What's my favorite plant? That's probably hard, huh? Uh, not really, to be honest. No? Nah. Okay. It's like, I mean, it's like, I'm sure you have a favorite pair of shoes. Even though it's not your flies pair of shoes, it's like your favorite, you know? I like how you, like, read me up and down. <laughs> like, you know I like sneakers. What the fuck? This man well, I mean, just got, read me. You got Jordan 1s <laughs> on, man. Like, you know. But I think my favorite plant, I have two that are in my head right now. I think okay. my favorite plant... Right now, 
and has been for a while. It's called a Pachapodium succulentum. Okay. And I love it because it's sort of like, it's super unexpected. Like you would, th- it's it's a caudicious plant. Like it has a caudex, has this like almost like an elephant foot, uh, sort of stalk. Okay. Really bulbous. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It looks like an above ground root, and water is stored inside okay. of it. Okay. So yeah, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a succulent, um, a succulent plant, and it has all along all the 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 stems. It has these super sharp thorns. Okay. Um, so it's thorny and it grows in all different like different directions. And a lot of people will train them up and make them look like trees, but you know I just think you should let them grow. Uh-huh. But I, it's my favorite because it's super spiny, it's thorny, it looks like it'll probably eat you. But then in the summer, in the summertime, it puts out these tiny pink and white little flowers. Oh, pretty! And they bloom really beautifully. They fall off and then they come right back on. Um, but it just, I don't know, every time I see it, I'm always like, you're so fucking ugly. And then you put out these, like, beautiful, precious, tiny little, like, absolutely perfect little flowers. Yeah. So I think it always, it's just always like, you know, the situation might be kind of whack and it might be really <laughs> ugly. But, like, you know, there's, there's, there's something beautiful in there. Awesome. You know? that's And that's my favorite one right now. It also, I think it's just been treating me really well and it's just been continuously growing. Do you have more than one of those? No, I have one yeah. big motherfucker. It's probably like big motherfucker. This big. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite one right now. Cool. Uh, you said there was a second one. You had. Oh yes, I did say there was a second <laughs> one. Uh, the second one would honestly, it would just be a neon pothos. To be like, okay. People hate on pothos varieties super hard. Like they say they're basic bitch plants, but kind of like we were saying before, like. Apothos will, like, it kind of has this, like, will to survive. It's also, like, highlighter green. Like, shout out to anything that's highlighter green. Mm. Um, but they're super resilient. They're really easy to grow. They love the sun. They'll take a beating. Like, if you don't water it exactly on the day that it needs to be watered in your fucking water schedule, it will be okay, and it will forgive you, and it will keep putting out new leaves. Um, and I think... That like I, I got my one of my first plants was a neon pothos and I learned a ton off of it. Like when I didn't really know very much about plants, um, it's a very communicative plant. Okay. It like if it's not like if it needs water, the leaves will curl in. Mm. It will droop. It, yeah. Like it physically will show you what it needs, kind of like a baby, you yeah. know. Um, and so I learned a lot on it. So I have a lot of so fun. So dramatic. For it. Yeah. No, it is. It is. <laughs> I have a plant like that. I don't know what it's called. But, but it's kind of. I mean, it's. It's kind of nice, though, because there are some, like, especially your rarer plants. Yeah. You won't know they're dying until they're fucking dead. And yeah. then you spent 200 bucks on this plant. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, it is very responsive. And I think in that, I learned a ton from it. And it has a, a little special Aww. special place in my heart. Awesome. The next question. Uh, next question. Stumbling over my words here. How many plants do you have? Uh, personally, personally, I I'm trying to pare down on the plants right now. To be honest, so what I end, what I ended up doing, uh, kind of fucking tr- trick myself, is I I I consolidated a lot of plants into one planter. Okay. So like in my room, I have I have like a Cebu Blue Pothos, I have a Neon Pothos, I have a Marbled Queen Pothos, I have a Vanilla Orchid, and I have. Uh, just like a regular jade pothos, all in one pot, and I count those as one. <laughs> so, <Okay>. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I consolidate a lot of them, so there are sure. a lot of them like that, that okay. are sort of like multiples. So I don't know exactly how many, but I'd say like right now to myself, I probably have about 45 plants. Wow. Which I know, I know people with a lot more than really? that. Really? Yeah. Like, but I try to not get too aggressive with it. Um, yeah. Because one, it's like, I want my home to be a home. <laughs> you know, like I want it to be a house. And not a forest. And not a forest. <laughs> um, I think it's funny. I'm like, I live with my cousin. Uh, okay. He's an artist and a musician. Shout out to him, Colleen. He, I'm like slowly trying to bring him to the dark side. Of, of plant. And so I like got him one plant. <laughs> and then I was like, 
oh, do you want this one? And he was like, oh, I guess. But I thought it was funny when you said forest because he calls his plant the forest. Oh, really? <laughs> That's his nickname for his plant. That's but funny. I have about 45 plants, and I try to keep it at that level. Like, when I start when I start ODing, I try to, like, either pawn them off on other people or give them as gifts or, like, yeah. or whatever to try and keep it gotcha. at bay a little bit. Awesome. The next question is, do you grow your own plants? Uh, for some the business? Of them. Yeah, some of them. Um, some plants I grow from seed. I propagate a lot of plants. So some, a lot of the plants that you see on the page are coming from uh, cuttings or um, from seed. I, I did grow some butterfly, butterfly plants um, back in the day. Well, not back in the day, probably three months ago. And that was actually a really, really fun experience um, because you forget, like, how fragile things are when they're mm-hmm. very young yeah um, and like little seedlings are like they're so fragile and you have to be very specific and give them very specific light um, requirements and all kinds of things so um so yeah i do grow some of my own plants some of them um are from resale or for resale rather mm-hmm. um but it's sort of a little bit of both gotcha mm-hmm. uh the next question was how do you make plants survive in the winter in chicago <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I actually that's a I have a that's a good question. I yeah, need an answer because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, killed a couple. <laughs> well, I think one thing that people, one thing that people, there are a couple different things that come to mind immediately. One, you can get like supplemental light, like they make really cool bulbs that look just like the light that you would have in your home in a regular mm-hmm. light bulb. So you could do that. Um, I think some of the things that I do in the winter, I water less, definitely water less, because mm-hmm. you're getting, like, that water that you're providing the plant is not going to get, at, like, you're not going to metabolize as much because they're only going to be metabolizing and performing photosynthesis during active hours of the daylight, yeah. right, or active hours of daylight. So if there aren't as many hours of the day, they can't produce enough, uh, mm-hmm. as much energy as they would in the summer. Um, so I would definitely water less. Like a lot of my cacti, a lot of my cacti, I don't even water in the winter. Some of them I water every three, four weeks maybe. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say for cacti and succulents, definitely just chill the fuck out. Like uh-huh. just go live your life and like not worry about it. I think most people fall on the spectrum of either watering too much or not watering at all. Mm. So I would say just chill out in the winter. Chill out on the watering. Um, I think as far as a lot of people will have the tendency to want to put their plants on the heater or near the heater in the winter because it's cold and it's like, yo, you're in an apartment, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Don't put your plants on the heater because <laughs> even though your, your heater is designed to heat your whole house, yeah. so right on the heater, it's probably going to be like Way 90 degrees. Yeah, <laughs> totally. know, it's going to kill your plants. So uh-huh. don't put your plants on the heater. Um, you could use humidifiers because um, it is less humid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge humidifier person, to be honest. Um you know, you'll find your camps. I'm not crazy in the humidifier camp, um, but I think also put as many of your plants in the bathroom if you can. If you have good light in the bathroom. Hmm. Because every time you take that shower, yeah, it's, like, getting, that it's getting an extra boost of humidity. It helps yeah. with plants unfurling. It helps with new leaves. It helps with keeping the soil moist. It helps just, you know, because plants are breathing through the leaves. You know, yeah. that transpiration is happening. So you can build up moisture in the air and help the plants as well. So gotcha. I would say that. Those, awesome. those three, if that was three, three, four, whatever, several things. <laughs> yeah. I think it was three. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ask all my guests this question at the end, but what change do you wish to see in the world and or within your industries? Oh, boy. Um, what change? Well, I guess I just recently changed industries, so I guess I would have to talk about Uh, Like, I work in the PR, media Mm -hmm. relations space. I think the change I would like to see in my industry is uh, I want to see more media, more food and hospitality media made by people in food and hospitality. I mean, it's just really frustrating Mm. that a lot of the people who write about food 
don't know that much about food. Yeah. Quite frankly, a lot it's of like the they're people. They're like foodies turned to writers. Right, or which is cool. Yeah. You know, like no, no shade. Like I'm not yeah. trying to like hate them. You know, well, uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit. But um, <laughs> I think I don't know if you remember when Lucky Peach came out. Mm-mm. But Lucky Peach was a food magazine by uh, it was by David Chang, who's kind of a douche, but he's really talented. Um, no shade though, but yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, who runs Momofuku, mm-hmm. uh, and it was run by J- David Chang and Peter Meehan. And so they were like, okay, Peter Meehan was uh, originally a journalist, David Chang obviously in the restaurant space, and they were like, we want a magazine, a print magazine, that's for chefs, written by chefs, uh, art directed by chefs, you mm-hmm. know, everyone, it would be sort of like this sort of holistic approach to a, a publication. Yeah. Um, and it was so fucking cool. They had an issue just on chicken and it was, you know, it was looking at different heritage breeds of chicken, like blue chickens and all these like prize winning, like really rare French chickens and then cool. different like, you know, kinds of fried chicken and looking at chicken farms and chicken derivatives and looking at eggs and all these, you know. Wow. Something that someone who worked in the food space would be like, oh, shit, I can read this cover to cover and really enjoy it, you know. Um, So I think the change I would want to see is having, and I think a lot of the time people who work in the hospitality space, they just don't have the time to work on their side projects, right? Yeah. They just literally don't have the time. They're doing hiring. They're doing ordering. They're doing... Sometimes they're running food. They're doing fucking everything. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. So I would I would want to see more food in the food industry. Totally. <laughs> you know? Like, and more, I think I also would like to see um, more publications for voices of color. Um, because I think a lot of the time, the people who are writing about food are writing from a place of comfort and they write from a place of, you know, what's going to appeal to most people. And I think a lot of the time it has to be less about that and more about just what's actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like a friend a friend recently sent me this, uh, I think, I forget if it was a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe, but it was uh, for a magazine just for female, like, black and POC female chefs, uh, you know, horticulturalists, winemakers, cheesemakers, whatever. But mm-hmm. it was just a space cool. to, you know, for, for those people to, to talk about food and talk about wine because, you, 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 I mean, even if you look at the uh, world's 50 best or whatever, you know, James Beard, you yeah. look at Jean Bachet to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. The people who are winning those awards and getting recognition, for the most part, are white men. White who have men. been here the whole time. Uh-huh. Not saying that, you know, then you have your players like Maria Russell, or Kumiko and Kiko, who are... I want to get her on here so bad. Ass, you know? <laughs> like, she's so cool and she's, she's such so a cool. genuine person. She also loves plants. Shout out to Maria. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you, don't, you don't often find that. Yeah. Um, It's it's far in between. Right, far and few in between Mm -hmm. for sure. So I think I would like to, you know, especially when you, you know, when you see, when you're growing up and you're trying to look in different spaces to see what you want to be and what, you know, trying to envision yourself in the future. um, I want, you know, in the, like, whether it's in the PR space or in the writing space or in the culinary space or wine, I want, you know, some kid to be able to pick up this thing and be like, oh, that person looks like me and or they sound like me or they're from somewhere that I'm from and they're able to do this thing that once was in- unattainable. Like, totally. A couple nights ago, I went to see The Photograph, which is a cheesy uh, rom-com I, with Lakeith Stanfield I and Issa Rae. It. It's tight. I it was saw super it, tight. I saw it by myself on Valentine's Yo, it Day. Was <laughs> it was tight. It was... I liked it. it I liked it too. But I, I thought the thing, the thing that I really liked above anything, I mean, it was like, you know, I thought one there were real people and it was a real romance, but also Issa Rae was in a position of power. She was a black female art curator at a fictional museum. Lakeith mm-hmm. Stanfield is this huge journalist. Uh, he has interns. You yeah. know, like you don't see people like that in movies, you know, especially in romantic comedies and things yeah. like that. So I just I, that's the that's what I want to yeah. see. That, yeah, that movie was really great on so many levels. Yeah, I remember being I, like, wow. 
she's like in the arts, like, <laughs> and she's like popping off, like she's yeah. crushing it in yeah. the arts, you know. So I want to see more black faces in the arts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. It's been Thanks a pleasure. for having me. This was really fun. Thank you. I'm glad yeah. it was fun for you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Cool. Okay, bye. <laughs>